Welcome to another episode of The Brand Called You, a podcast and podcast show that brings you leadership lessons, knowledge, experience, and wisdom from hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. I'm your host, Ashutosh Garg, and today I'm delighted to welcome a very, very accomplished and multifaceted woman from Chicago, USA, Rena Friedman Watts. Rena, welcome to the show. Thank you. Honored to be here. Thank you. Uh, Rena is the founder of uh, Better Call Daddy Show, which I think is a podcast. And she's also the founder of Megawatts Productions, uh, which is uh, something to do with films. But we'll talk about both of these. So, Rena, right at the beginning, you say you help entrepreneurs to be seen. Help me understand this and the process. Yes. So I think in today's day and age, especially during the pandemic, lots of people have been feeling lonely and they want to be seen and heard. And kind of like what you're doing with the show of giving, Mm -hmm. giving back. I have found and kind of pivoted into this during the pandemic that Mm -hmm. podcasts are a great way for people to be seen and heard and tell their story. Mm -hmm. And so that's really kind of like my appetizer offer Mm -hmm. is that as long as you're, you know, doing something positive and you've accomplished things and you have a story to tell, and maybe you just don't know how to tell it. That Mm -hmm. is something that I've been focusing on Mm -hmm. helping people do. And so I have worked with people in the technology space. I've worked Mm. with coaches. I've worked with authors. And I think that everyone is uniquely positioned to tell their story best. And so sometimes people need a little bit more coaching than others if they've never been on a podcast Mm. before. So that is Mm. something that I also offer. If you need help telling your story before you record it, we can do that. And then others, they, they already know how to tell it. They just need help connecting because they're busy individuals. And mm. after interviewing over 200 people, I have quite the network. And so I make those introductions where I see fit. Incredible. That's a very, very large number of interviews you've done. So uh, Rina, let's talk a little bit about uh, Megawatt Productions. Uh, tell me a little bit about what you do here. Yeah, so it all started honestly, around the time I had my first child, Mm -hmm. I had worked in the entertainment industry the first half of my career in reality Mm -hmm. TV and in casting. And even though I worked as a post-production supervisor on a major network television, Nanny 911, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. for MTV, some of these more popular networks, I actually did not know how to push the buttons. Mm -hmm. And so I went back to school when I was pregnant with my first son and Mm -hmm. I took a Final Cut Pro class because I wanted to actually learn how to edit, even though I worked with the editors, I -hmm. just knew all the specs of what they were supposed to deliver. I didn't Mm -hmm. actually know how to push the buttons. Mm -hmm. But after going into many editors bays and being the second pair of eyes, I wanted to be able to cut together the story. Mm -hmm. I knew how they were supposed to be cut together, but I wanted to actually do it. So I took an editing course, fell in love with editing, ended up taking another editing course. And then I started shooting things around me and putting together stories. And Mm -hmm. one of my friends was a teacher in town and she was teaching a class on how to look at the brighter side of life. She was teaching a class on happiness. Mm -hmm. And she said, Rena, she was like, can you walk around town and ask people what they think happiness is and cut together like a minute and a half presentation that I could use to lead into the Mm -hmm. presentation that I'm giving in my own school. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, that's a great idea. So I was big and pregnant. And my husband shot the video and I went through San Francisco and I Mm -hmm. went up to a Mormon and a Jewish person and an opera singer and all of these people on the street. Mm -hmm. And I cut together what people thought happiness was. Okay. She ends up using it 
for her school, then a nonprofit in town asked me if they could use it. Then people were coming up to me and they were saying, hey, can you shoot my bar bat mitzvah? Can you shoot mm-hmm. my baby naming? And I started putting wow. together videos for people mm-hmm. and they were like, mm-hmm. okay, we should pay you for this. This is really good. And then that's how my company started. Incredible, incredible. So uh, what goes into uh, converting a client's vision uh, onto celluloid? Yeah, so, oh my gosh, I will say that a lot of it is really getting to know your clients and making them feel comfortable with you where they can open up to you and have conversations like we're having right now. Mm -hmm. So here's another example. I worked for a financial firm here in Chicago for about a year and a half Mm -hmm. where I was planning lunch and loan events. So I was doing all the marketing behind it. I was connecting with people on LinkedIn. Mm. I was picking the venue, the camera person, the speaker, and we'd have between 50 and 75 people show up. So one Mm. guy shows up and he's kind of a shyer individual, soft-spoken, kind of sitting back from the crowd, not really mm-hmm. getting involved, but he was, he was liking it. Mm-hmm. And so we end up connecting after the event. And then he tells me that he's getting ready to go to an event in the next couple of weeks where a marketer teaches financial advisors how to tell mm-hmm. their story. And he's mm-hmm. like, I'm going to this event. I'm a little uncomfortable going. Would you come with me if I mm-hmm. sponsored your ticket? And I was like, oh, that's totally up my alley. Yes. So I meet him at the first event that I'm putting on. Then he takes me to a second event with him where he's learning skills on how to tell his story better, which is something I should totally, I should have put that event on. Mm -hmm. Then I was producing a local podcast here in town for the healthcare industry. And turns out he's one of the people that they want to interview. Wow. Mm -hmm. So I've now spent three different occasions with the guy. And then he's sponsoring a nonprofit event here in Chicago. And he calls me and he's like, Hey, Rena, you know me. Mm-hmm. He's like, I need somebody that can help me tell my business story and my personal story. Blend that together in a minute and a half video. Can you do that? Mm-hmm. He calls me on a Wednesday. We shoot it on a Friday. I get it put together for him on Tuesday. It's me, a camera guy and me supervising the editor. Mm-hmm. Not too many people, not too big of a crew, not too overwhelming. And I've spent some time getting to know him in different settings where mm-hmm. he knows I know his story best. Mm-hmm. So Interesting. that's an example of a really nice way to work with someone like that's Mm -hmm. one of my favorite success stories Mm -hmm. another opportunity was um there was a nonprofit here in town and they do like concealed carry they do Mm -hmm. uh situational awareness training Mm -hmm. in the community and my husband's involved with the organization and they were interviewing two subject matter experts Mm -hmm. from different parts of the u.s And they were looking for somebody to help them with the technology of the Mm. live streaming of it. So there's somebody that I work with and he put that together. And then I got to be a part of the interview process. Mm. Then six months down the road, you know, um, the same organization is they were hosting a guy who stopped a synagogue shooting in Poway, Mm. California. Mm. And now they see me as the expert, as somebody who set up the first live stream and they ended up using me as the interviewer for getting to interview this special guest who's been interviewed by the White House. Um, his name is Oscar Stewart. I got to do it in person. I got the, the live footage. I got to mm. be seen in the paper. Wow. So these are different types of things that mm. if, you, if you entertain opportunities that come your way, it can turn into paid opportunities as well. Mm. Fascinating. So, you know, uh, when I was reading about you, it took me back uh, 
four decades when I was, you know, as a marketing person, I would see how films were being produced and there should be big cameras and big lights. Uh, I'd love to get your perspective on how is technology changing the way you record? Oh my God. Yeah, it has definitely changed. I Mm. mean, in so many ways, I first got my start in the radio industry Mm -hmm. and I worked in radio pre-automation. Wow. So when, you know, if you don't change the record out, you're going to have dead air. (laughs) So that's one way in which it's changed. I mean, Mm. there's, there's very few people now who even go on air Mm. live, Mm. you know, even the, the news and the weather and the call letters that people read out, it's all Mm. pre-automated and it fits in so nicely and so perfectly. So that's one change that Mm. I got to witness personally. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Mm. that was only in, let me see, 1999. Okay. I guess that is a little bit of a ways back now, but, Mm. and then too, with casting, Mm -hmm. I mean, casting used to be people calling in when I worked in the talk show industry, it was a 1-800 number. And if you had a story, you left a message and we would go through thousands of calls a week and we call everybody back. Now, Mm. everything, I mean, people are being casted off of podcasts. Mm. People are getting casted off of YouTube. Mm. People are getting cast just by creating their own followings. If you can demonstrate Mm. that you have an audience, it's it's unbelievable how people are being cast now. Even when I worked on America's Got Talent, they were combing YouTube for Mm. undiscovered talent there. Amazing. Amazing. And and, and another example too, like when I worked at Nanny 911 for three seasons, I was in the middle of the night having to deliver hard tapes to executives in all parts of LA. Wow. Everything is being digitized mm. now. I mean, and you're seeing it with network shows that even these late night talk shows are doing Zoom calls. Mm. I mean, mm. how remarkable that you can work on a Hollywood nationally syndicated show now. They're, they're looking for post-production supervisors all over. I you can do it remotely. Mm. What a game changer. I love that. I'm mm. actually getting ready to interview a friend coming up on my show that I worked with at, at Nanny 911 in, in 2007. And she was currently looking for somebody, an associate producer to join her team remotely. Mm. Had I seen the ad earlier, I might've been teaming back up with her. But Amazing. it's, yeah, it's staying in touch with people that have stayed there and opportunities now are everywhere. I agree. I agree. Well said. So, you know, Rina, you also, when I was reading about you, you also uh, work and support people on networking. And, um, you know, to quote you, I think you've mentioned that God-given talent for connecting people and building communities is what you have. Uh, Let me start by asking you, how important is networking in our lives, personally and professionally? Even if you are at a company like your son has been there for 13 years, it is so important to network because, I mean, I, as an entrepreneur, I've seen it firsthand. I have pivoted my business so many times. And, mm-hmm. and you know, my husband, even he was working for a startup and then the pandemic happened and they were winning innovation awards and, mm-hmm. you know, they were at the hottest startup and then the pandemic changed everything for them. And his salary overnight went in half. Mm-hmm. You know, so luckily he had kept up his relationships with the last place that he had worked and he had Mm. virtual beers with them and they kind of knew what he was up to. And he was able to go back to the company that Mm. he was previously at from keeping those relationships up. If you listen to a podcast, like I've listened to yours Mm. and I found out that one of the gentlemen that you interviewed right before me was in Chicago. I was like, Hey, Mm. 
you know, I was on, I'm, I'm getting ready to be on his show too. I'm in Chicago. We should connect also. Wonderful. You know, it's like whatever podcast you're on, if you listen to a couple episodes and, and you resonate with, with the people who are being interviewed, whether you're going to have them on your show or not, just even let them know that you enjoyed the episode. Well Say said. one nice thing about it. You well never said. know what those opportunities can turn into. I've, I've wished people happy birthday on LinkedIn and then mm. just say, Hey, did you do anything fun and talk to them like a person? And that person has then invited me to get together with them in person. They've told me about job opportunities. They've introduced me to other people. Mm. What has happened for me networking has just given me opportunities that I never would have foreseen. Mm. Very well said. And yet uh, most young people keep trying to figure out how do I start building a network, go beyond my uh, high school, my, my undergrad uh, friends, and maybe some of my colleagues. How does, how, do, how, do, how does one start to build a network? You know, I am kind of from the old school now, which is so funny. I, <laughs> but I think internships... You know, by, by that logic, I'm from the very old school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think internships are still the way. Mm. And don't wait until you're getting ready to graduate to do mm. it. Mm. You know, I found one of my interns on Twitter. I was working for someone who wanted to get sponsorships for a large scale event that she was planning. Mm -hmm. I was helping her produce it. There was about 350 people there. Mm -hmm. And she had a couple of sponsors in mind and brands in mind that she would ideally like to partner with. And so I was searching Google to see who had worked with those brands, mm -hmm. who's talking about those brands. And right. there was there was one girl, she was like 18, 19 years old, and she won a contest that one of the brands was putting on and she had posted her artwork and, and she had gotten display, she had gotten to display her artwork mm. in store. And I was like, mm. Hey, are you still connected with that brand? Did you leverage that opportunity? That might be something I can help you with. Mm -hmm. So I ended up connecting with this 18, 19 year old girl. She gave mm -hmm. me the contact of whoever she won the contest through. And then I told her that I was working with this large influencer and I'm looking for interns for my team. And I'm going to be working out to a lot of other brands like the one that she won the contest for. Mm -hmm. I was like, you want me to teach you how to leverage those opportunities more? So I ended up working with this girl for a year and a half and kind of showing her how I reach out to brands and how I use social media to connect with people. And now she's uh, the head of social media for a nonprofit mm -hmm. in her wow. hometown. And wow. a lot of what she learned, I am so proud of. Now she's getting paid to do. Amazing. So, you know, Rena, uh, another question that comes up about social media is there are so many different platforms. Which one should an individual select? You know, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, YouTube, and there are dozens of others. What is your perspective? My perspective is pick the one that you enjoy and go mm -hmm. all in on that because truthfully, you can't be everywhere. Correct. And if you're good at one of them, so I worked mm -hmm. for a couple different corporate roles where literally it was my job to reach mm -hmm. out to hundreds of people from my LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. So one of my roles was in the telecom space and they wanted me to bring in heads of customer experience, chief financial officers. Those were like the target 
titles of the local Chicago-based companies that mm-hmm. they wanted me to reach out to so that when we had lunch and learns, those were the individuals in the room. So I was reaching mm-hmm. out to lots of those people. And then when I worked out, worked for the financial firm, they wanted me to reach out to CPAs, financial advisors, mm-hmm. centers of influence. Mm-hmm. So I have hundreds of contacts like those. But yeah, just whatever platform you really understand and, mm-hmm. and get excited about using, I say go all in on that and then mm-hmm. extend out where you know, out, outside of that. But Mm. the thing is, is you do need to at least have a matching profile on each platform. So I would use the same headshot, similar bylines, you know, you can give them a little bit of a different perspective. Mm. Like on Twitter, they use hashtags. So Mm. you might want to say like, for me, hashtag media, hashtag Mm. mompreneur, Mm. hashtag um, podcaster, right? But on LinkedIn, you want it to be a little bit more corporate-y. So And I also think that LinkedIn is more about what you do for others. Correct. So what are people searching for, Mm. right? And you want to answer those questions of the things that you do that people might be searching for. So I say, I can get you on podcasts. I can help Mm. you with sponsorships. I can help you tell your story. So those are things that people might be searching for and they see that I can help them do that and and they'll find me that way. Mm. But there are people that put in their title, mompreneur or different causes that they're passionate about. You can, Mm. you can expand your LinkedIn profile. You could even tell your story in the beginning Mm. paragraph. Mm. For me, it's more about how I can help others. But if you want to tell a personal story, LinkedIn is a place for doing that as well. Correct. Well said, well said. So one more question uh, relating to networking. Uh, You know, a lot of young people believe that if they get, you know, a thousand likes, um, they're building the network. But, you know, likes is very ephemeral. What are your thoughts? Oh my gosh, yes. That dopamine rush is so, oh, it's so contagious. People really want it. You know, I can tell you I've gotten 350,000 views on a post before mm. and and how many of those turn into to business is how I look at it, right? Are you hitting the people that you want to be connecting with. Mm. That's what I focus more on. You know, I may only have 2,700 followers on Instagram, Mm. but I can tell you people are reaching out to me to be on my podcast, to help them with work because messages that I'm sending are resonating. So for me, I feel like I'm hitting the right people in the feedback that I'm getting. Um, do I get excited when, when, you know, I come up with a question that gets that kind of response, Mm. you know, 350,000 views, 150,000 views, everyone does. Right. Mm -hmm. But the way that I look at that, the feedback that I get from that is okay. Maybe this is a subject matter that Mm -hmm. I should talk more about Mm. or that I should interview guests around. Mm. So when I get a big response like that, I look at it like, okay, this is a hot topic, Mm. not I'm becoming an influencer. Amazing. So Rina, um, I'm now going to move to the last segment of our conversation. My uh, young viewers and listeners love to get to know my guest a little better. So I've got two or three questions for you in what I call personal questions. So uh, based on what you've been telling me, you seem to have had an amazing career, you know, from the film business to podcasting, to networking, to radio. What would you say are three milestones or pivot points in your life or your career? Oh yeah, that's a great question. 
Well, I can tell you that one of my biggest pivot points was deciding to become an entrepreneur, Mm -hmm. you know, and part of it was that I had worked in a couple different verticals and seen and proven that I was bringing the people to the party. Mm -hmm. I was marketing the event. I was getting the people in the door, Mm. but I really wasn't a hundred percent believing in the events that I was marketing. Mm. So I was like, you know what? I can actually pick what subject matters I market. I can pick what entrepreneurs I decide to put my name on. Mm. And so as an entrepreneur, you really have that freedom to vet who you work with and the projects that you take. Mm. But I will say that I was not ready for that until Mm -hmm. I worked for others and gained those skills. So okay. working, working at the financial firm and getting people to come to these expensive steak dinners where they sold this life insurance product that I mm-hmm. wasn't necessarily excited about mm-hmm. was a major pivot point for me. Cause I was like, okay. whoa, I just got 75 people in a room. Amazing. Mm-hmm. I could do this around something that I'm actually more excited about. <laughs> so that led me to working on a big event for Gary V mm-hmm. where I was like, okay, I love what Gary V does. I could definitely sell sponsorships for him. And I could also work with other entrepreneurs that I love their message as well. So that was one of my biggest pivot points. Very interesting. And another uh, pivot point for me was leaving Jerry Springer, was mm-hmm. leaving the talk show industry and deciding to move to LA. Mm-hmm. You know, I had worked on that show for about two and a half years and I had a guest say to me mm-hmm. at the end of the season opener for the third season, he said to me, how can you live with yourself? Mm-hmm. And to, up until that point, for me, I was working in TV. I was making a big paycheck. I was living the big city life, you know, and I was a small town girl from Kentucky. Mm-hmm. So I never really thought about the content that I was producing. I just thought about the, it was an opportunity to work in TV. Yeah. But, but after working in that, at that show for two and a half years, I realized that I could work on another show and I didn't have to work on content that I wasn't necessarily aligned with. And so that was a big pivot point for mm-hmm. me too, because I was like, wow, there's, there's other shows out there mm-hmm. and maybe shows that. So again, it was like, uh, let me find something that fits better with, with my values. Interesting. And then another pivot point during the pandemic really was, you know, I don't have to go and, and shoot for 10 hours in person. Mm-hmm. I have done that and I love doing that, Mm -hmm. but there's people that would like me to just produce their content remotely. And as a mom and being able to create my own schedule and schedule interviews when my kids are at preschool or when they're in school and, Mm -hmm. and, and do things at night, as far as the organizational piece and the systems in place, I'm like, Mm -hmm. wow. Mm -hmm. So I've just, I feel like really lean into your strengths and, and try to figure out what your values are early because mm. you might save yourself some, <laughs> well some heartache. Well said, well said, well said. Rina, on that note, uh, thank you so much for speaking to me. Thank you for talking to me about Megawatts Productions, about uh, your amazing show, Better Called Daddy Show. And I was amazed to learn that you've got over 200 recordings and I'm sure You'll be, you know, heading out to new levels very, very soon. Thank you for talking to me about networking and how important it is to build networks and also how important it is to be able to select the right network. And finally, thank you for talking to me about your three amazing pivots. 
Thank you and good luck. Thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure to be here. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the brand called You Videocast and Podcast, a platform that brings you knowledge, experience, and wisdom of hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. Do visit our website www.tbcy.in to watch and listen to the stories of many more individuals. You can also follow us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Just search for the brand called You.